You're listening to the Womanpreneur Podcast. Empowerment in business and life. Hi, welcome back to the Womanpreneur Podcast. My name is Melissa Motes, and I'd love to introduce you to Amanda McEwen, my dear friend and co-host. Oh, and Ooh. I would love to introduce you to Amanda Klein. And I'm this is a long list of things now, so let's see if I can get it right. Amanda is a marketing guru. Uh, she is a humanitarian. She is currently Mrs. Red Rock, uh, which is the Mrs. She's competing for Mrs. Nevada, which is part of the Mrs. America pageant. Uh, she sits on the board of the American Cancer Society, does a lot of do-gooding in her world, and she, her current platform is You Are Not Broken, and she's documenting her personal journey with uh, fertility and different issues through a video series called Tiny Human. Is that everything? That's, that's all that's enough for now? I think that's, <sighs> yeah. And, you know, my husband, I see him every once in a while, but not often. So, <laughs> but he exists. He's a real human being. Yeah. Okay, People have seen him. So, yeah. I think I've seen photos. They seem to be real. Yeah. Yeah. So, he's not photoshopped in. Well, he's a twin, actually. He's an identical oh, oh, twin. No. Oh, So we play this game, like, is it Mark or is it Jeff? Oh, that's great. Yeah. Mark with a C. Mark with a C. Because yes. I did watch a few of your videos. Thank you. And I thought that was very cute. <laughs> it's important. That's an important thing to know. Yes, yes. He is M-A-R-C. He is a Mark with a C is a different kind of Mark. It They're is. just a special Mark. Yeah, very it's much so. Many so. Ways. Very much so. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're really glad to have you here. Thank you. Um, just, I find you a fascinating person in general. <laughs> just all the things that you do with your life that Thanks. are so great. Amanda and I met a few years ago on, I, I produced a job for the company that she works with and met her that way and then thought, I just really like her. And then when I was doing my documentary, our mutual friend who was the client who hired me on that job said, have you talked to Amanda on this? Like she's really into documentaries and she's got this idea and you guys should hang out. And then we went to lunch and you know, she just said she hardly ever sees her husband, so I see her even less. But I always, I feel like she's, she's I know what she's doing because, yeah. you know, we have social media. So I was really excited that you said you wanted to come on our podcast. No, so. I'm, I'm so you. excited to be here. And, you know, I mean, how can you not love another Amanda, right? right? She said that Marks are special, but Amanda's. Amanda's are super special. They are. They are magical. Yes. I get to hang out with two Amandas today. I feel super lucky. <laughs> this is awesome. It is. So I don't, I don't even know where we should start with you because um, <laughs> there's so many things. Well, we were, we were definitely talking about, we always have a theme that goes along with our podcast. And then we were talking about a big buzzword that came up with the topic of Amanda is courageous. Mm -hmm. And yes. I think that's a really great word to define so many of the things that you're involved in. And I mean, I, I'm meeting you today for the very first time. Amanda uh, sent me a link to your website and I was going through looking at everything and I was so inspired by everything that you're doing. Thank it's you. It's incredible. And courageous is definitely a word that clearly defines a lot of, of your journey. So 
What do, you, what, what do you want to tell us about? Like, where do you want to start? Well, I've been called many things in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Courageous is not usually one of them. Yeah. So thank you for Aww. that. <laughs> well, it should be one of the things that people call you because you. it's very well deserved. But, um, you know, for me, I've always identified with strength and the word strength yeah. and being a strong woman. And, and, and in times in my life, that's been, you know, fight or flight um, and being strong without really having any other option, just being in survival mode and then kind of coming out of it on the other side of whatever adversity I was facing and thinking, wow, like, I can't believe I made it through that. Um, You know, I lost my mom to breast cancer 10 years ago, which is why I'm so passionate about the American Cancer Society. And that was certainly one of the first struggles I ever had at a young age. I was 25 when she passed away. Um, But the last three years going through infertility, it's just been a journey I never thought I would be on, um, but a journey that I'm so grateful to be on uh, because it has given me an opportunity to help so many other women who are going through the exact same thing. Yeah, I love the fact that you are doing um, the videos on YouTube that are, you know, you're sharing your story and it's like you're journaling basically, right? Right, exactly. And I love that. Mm -hmm. It's so personal and you're really candid and just raw and honest. And I mean, I, I just, I was very touched just by the few that I watched and I could really feel you and your just genuine, um, sharing. Thank you. You're Thank welcome. you. So you take us kind of through the, the journey, like we're, it's like we're on it with you. So if you see this video series and it's at Mrs. Redrock.com, Mrs. Redrock.com. So, you know, she is just very candid on, you know, turn the phone on herself cut an orange some days, you know, some days with makeup on, some days like I'm not feeling it today. Very real, but very, we've talked about authenticity on here and how important that is. And then she's just sharing such a personal story that, and you know, it's unfair for me because I've never wanted kids. It's never appealed to me. And then I, I hear somebody like you that wants it so badly. And then you deal with these struggles and then to find out that there's such a stigma behind infertility that I've never thought about just because that's not in my life plan. Right. But why, why, is, why do you think more women aren't talking about this? It's the strangest thing to me as well. And, and being a mother had never defined who I was or who I wanted to be as a person, especially you know growing up. It was just kind of something that I knew I wanted at some point. Mm-hmm. But mostly because I wanted kids to say, oh, look how, you know, look, look at all these amazing things you can do with your life and to hopefully inspire them to do the same. Um, but, uh, you know, I was very quiet and very shy about my journey for the first few years because I think at the end of the day, it's very painful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we feel, and, and the reason that my platform is called You Are Not Broken is because women feel broken. I mean, they mm-hmm. literally feel like I was put on this earth, you know, to do many things, but the one thing I was, you know, naturally supposed to be able to do, I can't do. Mm-hmm. And so that makes us feel damaged. and. I think it's the most ridiculous thing. You know, one in eight couples struggle with infertility. Mm -hmm. There are over 7 million Americans currently going through infertility treatments. So it's so common Mm -hmm. that um, it's really unfortunate that there's this stigma behind it. Um, You know, I know that when I first told my story, I, I think it was last fall was the first time that I posted something on social media. And immediately I had hundreds of people reaching out to me saying, you know, thank you so much for sharing your story. I'm going through the exact same thing. I, you know, I didn't have any, um, 
I didn't feel the courage to talk about it until now. And so that has been huge. And, you know, Project Tiny Human, my video I blog, which I, I, don't, too. I don't call babies babies. They're tiny humans. They because, are. Like, to me, they don't really have, like, a, like a, a personality to me mm -hmm. yet. Like, they're just, like, kind of, it's just this ambiguous thing. Right? <laughs> I get that. Yeah. It is a great name, though. Tiny human. Maybe one day, like, real humans will come into the world and they'll have, like, a name. But until then, they're just tiny humans. Um, so on Project Tiny Human, it was really important for me to be authentic and to not have on, you know, pageant Polly all day, every day, because that's not my life. Mm -hmm. My life is, um, you know, I'm part of the Summerlin Lululemon army. Like I live in my yoga <laughs> pants. <laughs> I work from home. And so there's days when I remember to brush my teeth and days when I don't. And <laughs> that's real. And so I wanted to show that on camera. And as you and I have talked about, I've always wanted to be a documentarian. Um, you know, if you had asked me when I was five years old, I would have told you when I grew up I wanted to be Steven Spielberg. Mm -hmm. wow. Now, Steven Spielberg is not a documentarian. Titanic is clearly not a documentary, <laughs> but um, it's based on history. It's, it's close Actually, enough, I think right? that was Cameron Crowe. Never mind. Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> The point is, is that I really wanted to to document a moment in time and really help people feel, you know, a, a sense of reality. And what this is what's really going on in people's lives. Um, and I had originally started with a, a passion project called A Light in Their Eyes, which is all about um, cancer patients and their family and the family dynamic going through treatment. And what I quickly realized is when people are going through something as serious as cancer, the last thing on their mind is getting on camera. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In hindsight, I, makes I remember sense, right? you had plenty of survivors. Yes. Melissa is a two-time survivor herself. Oh my gosh. And wow. That's, that's mm -hmm. amazing. So, you know, we, she and I were talking about ideas for this and a lot of survivors that willing to share their stories, but that the people going in it, not as much, which right. is completely understandable. Absolutely. It's, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I think um, so many people probably feel, uh, well, of course, very thankful that you're being so candid and sharing mm -hmm. your journey your, on your tiny human project. And I just love saying tiny human. Right. I'm gonna, yeah, as many times as I can slip it in, I'm going for it. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but I love that, you know, you were courageous enough to, to be candid and open like that and share everything. And um, you're still on the journey and still sharing. And how long have you been documenting the videos, did you say? It started in January. In January, yeah. okay. That's wow. when I started my first cycle of IVF. So I went through two cycles and actually, um, not to give it away, but if you if you go on the video blog, you'll see that my first round of IVF didn't work. Um, uh, my body is, again, special because I'm an Amanda. Um, and it broke through $5,000 worth of drugs and I ovulated early. And, you know, my doctor's, my doctor's amazing. I mean, I could talk about her for days, but, you know, she said, I don't see this. This doesn't happen, you know? So, um, so we did it again. And the second time around it worked and, powerful um, girl. I, you know, your body is powerful. Your mind is powerful and your heart is powerful. It's all, you got to just push through. You really yeah. have to push through. It's that strength that, you know, I will tell you, and you saw the very first video that I did, mm -hmm. I was deathly afraid of injecting mm -hmm. myself with hormones, right? And my husband, he's, bless his heart, he <laughs> is deathly afraid of needles. So he wasn't going to help me out. A lot of husbands are the ones, you know, doing <laughs> yeah. the sticking. And, 
<laughs> and um, and he wasn't he wasn't gonna have it. And so I was like, okay, I gotta do this myself. I gotta learn to just you know deal with the needles. And I was so afraid. And now coming, you know, four months later, looking from the outside, it's like, oh, that was nothing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That was nothing. And it's just amazing how much you can overcome and accomplish when you with you when you lead with that strength. Mm -hmm. It's true. determination yeah. too. Mm -hmm. And you know, when we talked about passion projects, I talked about my theory in, in most things that have I done everything I can possibly do? And if not, you got to try something else. You have to keep going. And that is a big part of being successful at whatever it is. And right. in your case, like it's creating a tiny human. Right. And you didn't take, not that you took the, the first time when it didn't work. You didn't just, you know, think, okay, that's fine. I'm going to just try it again. Like, I'm sure there's a lot of heartache that goes with that. But you got back out there and you're like, nope, this is something I want. This is important to me. Mm -hmm. We're going to keep trying. Well, and there was that moment. There was that moment where my husband was like, I'm tired of watching you go through this. I can't, you you can't do this to yourself anymore. And, you know, I did think for a moment, well, maybe, you know, maybe this is it. And maybe we should need, you know, move to adoption because we always um, thought of adoption as well. And, and I said, no, you know what? We're going to figure this out. And I'm good. I can, I can do it. I can take it. But, you know, the, the passion projects and, you know, allowing your dreams to kind of evolve over time, I think is, is really important and part of being create courageous because when the original concept that I had for the documentary didn't work out I said okay if nobody else is willing to be on camera for me I guess I'll be the guinea pig and I'll right. be the one to go on camera and it ended up actually not only helping so many people but it it almost was better because you know I was telling my story right there's a, a deeper connection. Right. Like you would have had the connection with it anyway. Like even when, you know, you were talking about the light in, in their eyes, mm -hmm. in their eyes, mm -hmm. you know, it was, you and I talked about that a long time ago. I was, I was going to try to help her with it. And I said <laughs> when it didn't work out, but you know, I, I lost my aunt to breast cancer, you know, when I was a kid, but it's that, that icky to use your word disease that affects all of us like yeah. every single person whether you've been through it like you have yeah. you've lost somebody like we have you know but you have friends and you see just the impact that it has everyone's lives and are touched by cancer yeah. right now at yeah. this point yeah and and people are very vocal about that though mm -hmm. there's you know f cancer and like there's all these movements out yeah. there but <laughs> then when it comes to this journey with infertility because that's you know i Maybe I just wasn't aware because I wasn't thinking about those things. But hearing you talk about it, and I've read some of your comments when you do post on social media, and it's just, you can see it. It's like these women think that they're alone. They think that they're damaged, like you said, or they just, they don't feel like they can talk to talk about it. And so they're they're suffering internally and nobody right. sees that. Absolutely. And that happens with, you know, depression and other issues out there too. Sure. That, you know, we're so unwilling to share, to be vulnerable, to put ourselves out there. That yep. we're we can kind of forget that one person. I mean, you maybe your story helps one person. Yeah. But even then, like, why why not? You know, what do you have to lose by by sharing? Yeah. Right. There's a lot right. to be said for offering support, and you know, you don't realize sometimes just one little thing that you decide to put out there on social media or on YouTube or, you know, what you want to put together to share how many lives it's going to touch. And, you know, one of the things too, that I really respect about your journey is the, the two thoughts of there's so much to be said for, um, course correcting, 
as you need to, you know, just to continue to course correct instead of just giving up. And it's like, okay, now we're going to course correct, course correct. Let's try this other path. Um, But the second thing is, is just keeping your eye on what you want, Mm -hmm. right? And not focusing on what you don't want, but focusing Mm -hmm. on what you do want. And that was a big thing for me with um, my cancer journey was I just kept focusing on what I wanted, which was I wanted to be healthy. I wanted to be cancer free. And so um, that was like, I would meditate on that. I would put myself through little, you know, exercises, mental exercises where I would literally thank all the cells in my body for being healthy for me, being strong for me. And it was just really keeping my eye on the prize as far as the the outcome that I wanted. And I really can feel that from you. Mm-hmm. It's just you're so focused on the outcome that you want and you're just going to keep course correcting and you know <laughs> as, as much as you have to yep. and that's so inspiring it's just so Thank it's you. so awesome now don't get me wrong when this tiny human comes into the world <laughs> they're already going to be in so much debt i mean don't even talk about a student debt they'll be or student loan they're going to be lucky to have a life loan you'll just tag your medical expenses that is part of yes. their debt not your debt right they they're need to work that off right. yeah, because it, it was for them exactly. oh and and so rather than getting an allowance they're just going i'm just going to deduct you took the words yeah. right out of my mouth uh-huh. i was going to say you have to yeah. maybe you could make her a really nice spreadsheet amanda Ooh. <laughs> no, she's one of me when it comes to that. Ooh. You two might be the girly, happy, brightly colored people, but she's with me on the spreadsheet. So I love it. I'll take that as a win. I love that you walked in today uh-huh. in your hot pink dress, in your uh, amazing leopard sweater. <laughs> and I'm basically wearing uh, what looks like a picnic table. It's a yellow picnic table. A yellow picnic table. And Amanda says to me, I also love pink. It's my favorite color. And then I said, other Amanda, pink. not me. Other Amanda, yeah. <laughs> not Amanda McEwen. We all know about, we, we've talked a lot about this. But then my, you were really after my heart when you said, and my second favorite color is yellow. It's true. I don't think there's enough yellow in the world. There's not. There's I, really not. Because you go to the store and you try and find yellow. Yes. And there's a lot of pink. There's a lot of black. Yeah. There's a lot of blue. Not a lot of yellow. I think it's because I think it's because not a lot of people can pull it off. That would be me. It's pale girls. But I I I will say that I went to Old Navy recently and they had a nice selection of yellow, the right shade of yellow for us blonde (laughs) gals. Mm -hmm. I tried a few things on and I was like, I'm feeling really good about this. And I'm I'm a human. I'm a human picnic table right love now. It. I love I'm, it. I'm into it. But sorry, I digress. I just thought I'd throw a little no, side. I love it. So I'm curious, but you know, the, it's it's funny because no people have gotten to know the dynamic between Melissa and I. We're very opposite. Uh, I think people would be surprised to know that I have a friend who does pageants right. because you know it's it's weird for me. Yeah. Um, but tell us, like, how, how did you get into the pageant circuit to begin with? I mean, obviously you're beautiful, oh, so that helps, but how pageant does that life. work? Yeah. Pageant life is something it's that's different. very different for both of us. And yeah. We're really curious about, just tell, can you tell us 
about pageant life. Absolutely. I'm, I'm obsessed. I love it. So um, I had never done a pageant as a child. I always get that question like, oh, you know, were you like a toddler in like a little dress? No, I never did that. Um, I did do Miss Nevada USA when I was 25. And at the time, and it was just a girlfriend said, hey, do you want to do this? Like, you know, give it a chance. And I was like, sure, I got nothing to lose. And um, I loved it. But at the time, you aged out at 26. Oh, wow. I, right? wow. 26 is like 12. Like, what's up with that? So um, I thought I never would have a chance to compete again. And I was like, oh, darn, that was really fun. I, I really enjoyed that. So almost 10 years later, I had actually just had my first miscarriage. So I was totally new into this whole uh, infertility experience, this journey. And I found out that a coworker was competing for Mrs. Nevada. And my first thought was, there's a pageant for married women, Mrs. <laughs> oh, that's and I'm married now. Like, this is everything. Well, you're over 26 years old. So <laughs> I'm obviously elder millennial over here. Yeah. So um, so I, I immediately walked over to her and I was like, I know you don't even want me to know that you're doing this outside of work because we're coworkers, mm-hmm. but I know you're doing Mrs. Nevada and I want it. <laughs> Tell me all the things. Tell me what I need to do. And so she introduced me to the director and... Um, um, you know, Jackie is wonderful, our pageant director, and, and I've just loved it ever since. And this is my third year competing. Um, and I, just like you were saying, you know, constantly keeping focused on that goal. My goal is to be Mrs. Nevada America and to compete at Mrs. America so oh. that I can help more women yeah. through my platform, through You Are Not Broken, and, and, and have an even bigger voice and an even bigger microphone to tell my story. Yeah. Um, you know, and so I know you guys do Pilates. <laughs> and I'm a spin girl. I love spin with all my heart and soul. Wow. But I've had multiple people tell me that I have to give it up for a while because it builds muscle. Oh. And I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a muscle girl. So, <laughs> not a muscle man, I'm a muscle girl. <laughs> um, and so I've been doing Pilates, hot Pilates. And so I know. <laughs> I know. <Yeah. laughs> I know, it's so hot. Um, but uh, it has... What was I? Do? I don't even know what I was telling. Why I was telling you? Well, we were just talking about. Well, you were you were talking about becoming oh, Mrs. Yes. Nevada. No, I know. And yeah. So I'm sitting in this 95 degree room, and it's 45 percent humidity, and I'm doing this thing with my hips where like they have to go on the floor, and then somehow they have to magically come back up, and then they have to go back on the other side of the floor, and the whole time all I'm thinking is. I want to be Mrs. Nevada. I want to be Mrs. Nevada. <laughs> so bad. Like, I can see it. I can see it. And you do. You have to visualize you do. what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, the Again, I'm very disconnected to this whole baby thing. So I know it exists for me, but it's not as, it's not as apparent as hopefully winning that title and winning that crown and yeah. being able to represent our state. You'll do it. Yeah. You'll do it. And yeah. I love that not only will you be inspiring so many other women, but I mean, what a great role model you are. You. you know, you stand for so many great things and uh, the world needs more of that. And I, I'm I'm cheering for you. Thank you. I know Amanda is too. You guys will have to come. You have to come. Well, obviously. So, yeah. <laughs> like other than other than lifting your hips up in forty yeah. five uh, percent humidity and go back and forth. What are other prep things that one does to become a uh, Mrs. Nevada? 
Oh, well, I can't give away all of my secrets. Okay, don't just Because she's us, competing. It's a competition. I, I, I know. I know it's a competition, <laughs> but, like, I'm just, I'm so floored by, like, w- you know, just even some of the basic preps that all pageant gals yeah. do. I want to know. But here's, here's the difference between, and I've seen it in the Miss Divisions and the Younger Divisions, too, but here's the difference between, you know, married women. We are... I have met the most amazing women through pageantry over the last three years. Mm-hmm. And they all support one another. Yes, technically it's a competition, but your only competition is yourself. Yeah. So if you get in your head, if you start telling yourself, you know, oh, so-and-so is taller than me or thinner than me or wealthier than me or whatever mm-hmm. that thing is in your mm-hmm. mind that you obsess over, um, you're going to you're gonna lose to yourself. Yeah. Um, but, you know, these women all are just as passionate about their platforms as I am about mine, yeah. usually because of a personal experience and wanting to tell that story. And so it inspires you to just do more and do better and, um, it's been the support system that I needed when I've been going through such a difficult journey. Um, But as far as actual pageant prep, (laughs) yes, you wanna be the best version of yourself, right? So you want to um, interview is 50% of your score. Yeah, oh wow. Yeah, yeah, It's, it's, it's in the America system, it's incredibly important. You are a spokesperson for the organization. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they they want you to be able to tell your story. They want you to be able to express yourself. They're looking for someone who has, um, you know, the humility and the heart mm-hmm. to represent their community, I think. Um, and then the other 50% is on stage in a bathing suit, mm-hmm. one piece. Do you have to do a talent? No. Oh, man. So I wanted to know I what say, your talent was. Well, <laughs> we do have a talent. I say our talent is being married oh. and not killing our husbands. Right? <laughs> that is a talent. That's a talent. Yes. That, that is. They, you know, they're it takes some. That takes skill. <laughs> that takes a variety of skills. That takes a village. Yeah. So, <laughs> so. yeah. I love it. But you do have to do the bathing suit part of it. You have oh, to do the bathing man. suit. One piece. Um, but... That's the courage to get up there on stage. And Mm -hmm. you don't have to be a Victoria's Secret model, but you Mm -hmm. have to have that confidence. That's a whole different level of courage right there. (laughs) High heels, bathing suit, people watching. That just that combination for me makes my heart like like, I don't know. Yeah. It's like a heart flutter, but in an anxiety kind of way. <laughs> it's, it's such a rush. I you bet. know, I was listening to um, another podcast where you were talking about your shark story. <laughs> and I do have a shark story too. Um, I but I've never, I could never dive. I, I snorkeled, but I could yeah. never dive because that gives me just this anxiety that I'm mm-hmm. sure gives many people when they go on stage. Yeah. Um, but for being for me for being on stage, it's just such a rush for me. Yeah. It's it, I love it more than anything in the whole entire world. That's awesome. It is it is a fun rush to get up on stage. Yeah. And I I used to sing and cruise direct and uh, it is it's it is like in that that moment right beforehand, it's like this there's no going back. Right. <laughs> it's like I'm stepping up and things are 
going to happen, sure. you know, whether you want to or not. So it is, it is a really exciting rush. They're either going to love me or they hate me, yeah. but I'm going for it. I'm, going, I'm all in. I love it. I love it. Oh my goodness. Wow. Well, that is courageous. Yes. And then you say so you're in your, your work background, but you went, if I recall, did you go to school for film? Or for marketing? I wanted needed. to go to film school. Wanted to go to film school. I wanted to go to film school. Um, I ended up going to journalism school mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I wanted to be in broadcast journalism, okay. um, which it's just, it's funny how your life works out, <laughs> yeah. right? Things just kind of come full circle eventually. They do. Yeah. But <laughs> I always wanted to be in broadcast journalism. Ended up going down the advertising and marketing mm-hmm. route um, because I've made more money doing it. And I was working at Best Buy at the time in college and they paid $4 more an hour to be a public relations intern at the hospital. Oh, yeah. So that's how I got into healthcare marketing. Oh. I was like, oh, it pays, pays more than Best Buy. Um, <laughs> and and I, I never thought in a million years I would work in healthcare, mm-hmm. um, but I kind of just fell into it. And I, I actually tried at one point to go do something else and it just wasn't mm-hmm. the same. It was it felt like selling widgets to me. Mm. So I've just got such a passion for it. Um, but yeah, I did want to go to film school. I, I think maybe at some point I will. Mm-hmm. Um, I do also have my executive MBA from UNLV because I love UNLV. <laughs> All my, so I went to UNR for my undergrad. I mm-hmm. went to Nevada and I met my husband in my undergrad. Mark with a C. Mark with a C. <laughs> And you who's know, not dead? Who's not dead? I swear. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he's 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 locked up in a closet at home. That's but uh, he deserves that. He deserves that. <laughs> but all of my friends that I went to UNR with are like, "What is wrong with you? You went to UNLV when you were like 33 years old. Like this is not that's not your undergrad experience. You're supposed to be loyal to your undergrad experience." I'm like y'all don't understand. <laughs> like, I had the time of my life in my MBA. <laughs> Awesome. That's the one that I'm loyal to. Um, <laughs> so. it's good stuff. Yeah, that is. Good. That's very exciting. And well, you did a great thing because you still work for a company, but you convinced them to let you work from home. I know we have oh, a lot yeah. of people who that's that's kind of one of the determining factors of do I want to leave the corporate job and go out in business for myself? Because yeah. most of us want to work from home. We right. want to be in our comfortable clothing and on our own timetables yeah. of sorts. So how did you how did you maneuver the best of both worlds? You know, I got super lucky. I was working in a, a local position where I did the marketing for Nevada mm-hmm. and um, was asked to actually move into a national position um, or 14 states. We have 14 states in, in commercial insurance. Um, and uh, because all of my clients were all over the country, it didn't really mm-hmm. matter if I was in the office or not. So so that was, you know, one of the one of the reasons why I got to work from home. But I'm a believer in it. I get so mm-hmm. much more done. I it's not that I'm antisocial, but when I'm socializing, I'm socializing, mm-hmm. and when I'm working, I'm working. Mm-hmm. And I've never been good at commingling the two. Mm-hmm. So you know, when people would want to come over and tell me about like what they were making for dinner, I was like, uh-huh, okay, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta get this done. Um, so it's been good for mm-hmm. me. It's been good for work-life yeah. balance. And you know, if I want to get on my computer at nine o'clock at night and get something done, I have mm-hmm. the freedom and the flexibility to do that. Yeah, yeah. you know, definitely. So, it's great. 
I like working from home yeah. too. Yeah. When if we, I'm I'm the same way. It's it's that separation that I you know I I work by myself. Mm-hmm. Even when I worked in an office, I there were so many distractions and the the people were distractions. I liked a lot of the people I worked with. But when you're trying to focus on something and they want to chit chat or you know they'd have conversations around me while I'm trying to focus on on my work, you know it's like I'm more productive when I'm by myself. And people say all the time, well, but don't you get lonely? Then you're at home all the time and you're kind of a loner anyway. It's like no, but now when I if if I'm alone all the time at work, I'm more likely to go out and be social on my in my personal life because I have the downtime when I need it, where when I was at an office for 50 hours a week, I, by the time I, any time I wasn't at work, I just wanted to be alone and try to decompress. So definitely working from home allows me to be more social. Exactly. And and you can pick and choose all the people you want to go hang out and see. Exactly. Just saying. Mm -hmm. That's true. Very true. I take all of my pretty blonde friends and apparently that's what I do. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to hang out with only blondes. I love it. Yeah. Wow. I'm trying to think what some of my other questions were going to be for you today. I I, I had one. I want I I do. I am very excited about um, when you get to meet your tiny human. Mm-hmm. Uh, notice how I slipped that in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, what, what do you think? What would you like to share with your tiny human um, that you've gone through? You know, or you're going through right now that you know when your tiny human maybe gets a little bit bigger. And gets a chance to look back and hear, you know, what you went through and, and where your mind and your heart was. What would be something you'd want to share with, with your tiny human? Well, we have, um, and I've shared this on social media, we have three girls and a boy, meaning that we have four embryos, yes. frozen embryos. Um, my Mark, my Mark, <laughs> calls them our popsicle babies. Yes. I love it. Yeah, they're our popsicles. So, um and he's like, you want a you want a girl or you want a boy? Like, I want a I want a pageant girl. I mean, let's be real. Are you gonna be a pageant mom? Oh, oh. it's gonna oh. be bad. It's gonna be really bad. And um, you know, hopefully she will actually want to do pageants. <laughs> Otherwise, she's be... going to. <laughs> Are you gonna do it or not? No, no, no. I'm just kidding, sort of. Not kidding. Uh, sort of, sort of. <laughs> I just let that just, in under her just... breath. <laughs> but. If we do have a girl, um, you know, I would love to be able to show her that I never gave up. Mm-hmm. No matter what, no matter what challenges in front of me, no matter how um, hard it seemed at the time, whether it be physically, emotionally, financially, and that's a whole other thing we can talk about because mm-hmm. the financial elements oh, of infertility yeah. are just astronomical. Um you know, I would want her to know that I never gave up. And I learned that from my mom because, you know, my mom was initially diagnosed with breast cancer when I was in the second grade. Mm -hmm. And um, she had a mastectomy. She went through chemo and radiation and was in remission for 10 years. And then it came back again in Mm -hmm. 2005. So I watched her fight and I watched Mm -hmm. her never give up. I mean, even, um, you know, at the very end, she uh, had to have emergency surgery because a tumor had burst an ulcer in her stomach Mm -hmm. and she couldn't talk. And the doctor came in and kind of said, look, we're going to do emergency surgery. There's a good chance you won't come out of this. And she just gave this thumbs up. Like she was just a fighter to the very, very end. And, you know, hopefully I never have to go through what she went through, but that's what I want my kids to know is that it's, 
you just never give up. You just keep going. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a really. And you manage to keep your humor about the situation too, like your popsicle babies. Or, <laughs> you know, like even though it's been so hard in times and in some of your videos, and you show the breakdown. You yeah. show like, you know, this didn't work out, and I just lost all this money for this thing, and then my body came against me, and yeah. you know, but but you pick yourself back up, and then you know, now that luckily you're on the other side of it. You know, you're you're able to find the humor in it and the the positive lessons from all of it. Um, but you mentioned the financial part mm-hmm. of it. So what uh, what are some of the what did you have to go through? You don't have to tell specifics, yeah. obviously, yeah. but I mean, it's medication, it's procedures, it's mm-hmm. so um, so to tell you a little bit more about you know why we have to. We, why we're going through infertility, um, I have what's called a bicornuate uterus or a heart-shaped uterus, which Aww. sounds so sweet and lovely, but it's not. <laughs> Let me tell you what, it's not. Um, and because of that, we have to hire a surrogate mm-hmm. or a gestational carrier. Um, so they're just the oven. They're just the house. You know, there's no DNA element of that human right. being that is part of this baby. Um, so as a result of that, it is incredibly expensive. Mm. Um, I mean, we're talking six figures and my husband and I have been blessed with amazing careers and we have very supportive family and, you know, we want this so bad that if we have to take out a tiny human loan, we'll do that too. (laughs) Tiny human loan. But, um, but you know, most people don't have the resources mm-hmm. that we do. Yeah. Um, and so actually next month, um, I am going to Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. and to Carson City to advocate for um, not only infertility awareness, but access to care. Uh, because a lot of people just don't know about it. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, because we don't talk about infertility, mm-hmm. employers don't know how big of a deal it is. Legislators right. don't know how big of a deal it is. And... So that's that's a huge piece of it. But going back to your point about, you know, it's okay to cry. It's mm-hmm. okay to show emotion. It's okay to have tears. You have to have the tears with the laughter. You have the laughter because otherwise you'll go crazy. <laughs> but you have to have the tears too because that has really helped me kind of get to the other side of this. Mm-hmm. You know, if yeah. I hadn't been if I hadn't broken down emotionally, I would just yeah you know it will be pent up and Mm -hmm. um, you can't just push the real stuff aside and a lot of I would say us do because I have the tendency too of I don't have time to deal with that right now I'm just gonna push it away or Mm -hmm. whatever that is you know and maybe eventually I'll come back to it sometimes it just works itself out but I think a lot of times that's what happens is people just allow so much to build up and then they hit that point and they just break whether Mm -hmm. it's in in anger or if it's sadness or whatever it is and then it it shocks everybody around because they had no idea that anybody was going through it right Mm -hmm. and that's a, a very dangerous place to be and yet it's such a common place to be it's important to express yourself I think in real time you know Mm -hmm. as it's happening and I do really appreciate that you know you've been so open and allowed yourself to be vulnerable and um and also 
have a really great sense of humor about your popsicle babies. That is hysterical. And there was one more thing, but when this airs, the event will have already happened, but you are working on another event because you're working on 8 million and two things at any given time. She's such an underachiever. (laughs) Tell us about this event that you're holding. So the event is called Rock for Health, Mm -hmm. and it is a women's health event at Tivoli Village. Mm -hmm. Um, It'll take place next week, May 5th. Um, but hopefully it'll be an annual thing. And I've even mm-hmm. had people ask me to do it in other cities. That's so cool. that might happen as well. Um, but it's all about allowing women to have this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and Emily Simpson from the Real Housewives of Orange County. You're looking at me as if I would know. I, I, as I was maybe. saying. <laughs> she looked at me. <laughs> you, should look, you should look at Melissa. <laughs> I've never watched no, a Housewives. I haven't watched it either. <laughs> okay. I haven't watched it either. But well, we're, you should. We're in, okay, okay. You should, because I heard that you're a Survivor fan, and yes. this is like, yes, this is good. <laughs> it's just like Survivor. It's, like, <laughs> yeah. it's so good. Yeah, Survivor. So, yeah, whole new level of Survivor. Right. It's, it's, it's Lululemon Survivor. Yeah. <laughs> so um, Emily is a cast member on the Real Housewives of Orange County, and her story is just amazing. She, you know, her and her husband battled infertility. Mm. She actually had to deliver her twins at four months. Mm. And unfortunately they didn't make it. Mm. And, um, but today she has three beautiful children Mm. and her sister was her surrogate. And yeah, yeah. And so she's going to come and she's going to tell her story. I'm also speaking. And then um, Dr. Carrie Bedian with the Fertility Center of Las Vegas is also speaking. She's my doctor. And like I said, I love her. (laughs) Well, I love her for a very specific reason. I, other than the fact that she's a genius is she can handle my level of crazy. Like she (laughs) can put up with me. No joke. I've went to everybody in town and, and I don't think they knew what they were getting themselves into at the time. Like, I think eventually it would have come to a point where they're like, we don't want your money. (laughs) 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 We'll pay you to leave us. (laughs) And, and Dr. Obedient is just, first of all, she's been through it. Mm. She, she knows what it's like to battle infertility, but she's just cool. And she's got a sense of humor too. And she, puts up with me. I love it. (laughs) Sounds like you met your match or she met her match, but in a good way. In a good way. Absolutely. Your your energies matched. Mm -hmm. Yes. You have a common goal. Yes. That's awesome. But we'll also have a booth at the event and um, my surrogacy agency will be there because there's a lot of women who are interested in surrogacy Mm -hmm. and they just don't, how do you become a surrogate? What does that entail? You know, there are a lot of women out there who can you know, have a really great successful pregnancy mm-hmm. that, um, you know, could actually be giving back to couples like Mark yeah. and I. So, um, so there's an opportunity to learn about that as well. And then also adoption. And I know a lot of women who have said they really love to be pregnant. They really enjoy being pregnant. Yeah. That weird. whole process. Yeah. I know a few women who have shared that yeah. my sister being mm-hmm. one of them, she just had her second baby and she said, I don't know what it is. I, I, after I had my first baby, she said, I really missed being pregnant. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, 
really? That's interesting. (laughs) You know, I mean. It's never appealed to me in any way at all, not even a tiny little bit. But I'm sure there are a lot of women who would would want to know about how to be a part of that journey. So that, and and give back in that very special, unique way. So. Because sometimes, you know, maybe you don't have money to give to a cause. Right. But that, you know, I think we're always, people like us are always looking for ways to help. Like that's why this podcast exists now is that, Neither one of us wants to be in front of camera talking about ourselves, but we feel like we can help with everything that we've learned in business and in other parts of life. And then bringing people on like you (laughs) who are just, you know, going to change the world. We love that because we think that everybody can change the world. We all can change the world. You know, in whatever way that you can. And some it's financial, some it's time that they can give. There's so many different ways. Sometimes it's just listening to somebody who needs to talk so that they don't keep everything inside and they just let it out. So. We're very grateful to you for well, coming to join you. us. Thank you so much for thank having me. Thank you for being here. And I'm, I'm excited to watch everything just kind of unfold. And <laughs> Mrs. Nevada. Uh-huh. Uh, Fingers crossed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're we're cheering for you all the way. Thank you. And your tiny human. Thank we're, you. We're, we're cheering for your tiny human, too. See how many times I slipped in saying it? I, you did pretty <laughs> good. So fun you did pretty it. good. Yeah. Thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, thanks so much, you guys. This was great. <laughs> Thanks for tuning into the Womanpreneur Podcast. Until next time, you've got this.